Welcome to the seventh episode of the podcast. This is your proprietor, Tony Ortega, coming to you from an undisclosed location deep inside the interior of the Earth's crust, otherwise known as the underground bunker. We know that many people are drawn to Scientology watching because of its celebrities, and we also have a certain fascination with them. Six years ago, we named Scientology's top 20 celebrities in order of those most likely to defect. We thought we'd revisit that list and see how good our predictions were. And to help us out, we asked for help from Jeff Levin. A musician long associated with the Hollywood Celebrity Center, Jeff is a walking encyclopedia about Scientology's luminaries. And he's been working on a film about his experience getting out of the church called Brothers Broken. And we wanted to see how that's going. Jeff Levin, thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's great to talk to you again. Uh, I've had some wonderful times hanging out with you. Um, what's the latest? You've got a movie that you're making with your brother about the relationship and how Scientology ripped your family apart for what and you know in the past and what's been going on now. What's going on with that? We just finished a what I would call a final edit for festivals. In other words, we're ready to start selling the film and placing it in festivals where it can be seen in a lot of uh, filmmaker scouts uh, look for new films in festivals. So that's where we're going with it. We do have some connections in Hollywood and outside of Hollywood. So we'll go for that too, but we're ready to sell it. And it's been about a four year journey and we just wanted to tighten it up and tighten up the story, which we feel we've done. And it's a compelling story. I, I feel it's a different story than any other films that have been done about uh, Scientology because part of it is that there's so much music in it because my brother and I um, have both been active musicians and I've continued on as a film composer and TV composer and songwriter. So there's a lot of that going on within the film. And it's about how creative people uh, responded to being controlled by Scientology. Well, and also your long history in Hollywood as a musician and scoring films and TV shows, while you were a very active member of Scientology and its Celebrity Center, yes, means that maybe more than anyone I've ever spoken to, you have a much better understanding of the sign of the celebrities at Scientology, who's in, who's out, the background, the connections. I mean, you're just a goldmine. And so, what I want to start out with today uh, is you know, six years ago. Uh, here at the Underground Bunker, we put out a story where we listed Scientology's top 20 celebrities in order of those most likely to defect. And what we did was uh, we listed seven celebrities that we thought might actually leave and 13 that we said would never leave. And I thought it'd be fun, uh, you know, six years later to see how we did. Uh, And go go over these with you because you know these people better than anybody. Okay, so of the most likely to leave that we said were likely to leave, seven, two of them have 
at, left or, or at least indicated that they're leaving. Let me go through the whole list. The seven uh, Scientology celebrities that we said at least had a chance of leaving were, and this was in the order of most likely, were Juliette Lewis, Giovanni Ribisi, Beck Hansen, Elizabeth Moss, Erica Christensen, Catherine Bell, and Michael Pena. Now, Beck of those has given the most definitive statement. He gave an interview to a, an Australian newspaper about a year ago and said, I'm out. And he even said that he never was Scientologist, which we know is not true. But he gave a, well, a very... Let, let me cut in here. Yeah. Because I've known Beck since he was born. Okay. And I, I really feel like Beck always marched to his own drum. And he didn't really participate in Scientology very often. I think he did it as a show for his dad, David Campbell. Uh -huh. More than well, anything, uh, I feel that. And, and uh, the only thing I saw Beck dedicated to was his music. Right. So anyway, that's my take on it. And, well, and yeah, and I'm sure you're right. And, 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 and I just want to point out that in Scientology, celebrities are ornaments anyway. I mean, their job is simply to give the public the idea that Scientology is cool. So, you yeah. know, whether Beck was doing courses or not doesn't really matter. He was at the Celebrity Center galas. He showed yeah. up at events. That's all they need. They just need someone to be, look, Beck's a Scientologist. So I think it's a little disingenuous for him now to say he never was. But whatever. He definitely... We, we predicted that yeah. of the seven most likely to leave, among them was Beck, and he's left. So we were right about that one. Yes, and uh, I can tell you a really, uh, hopefully, a short anecdote about Beck at the Celebrity Center Gala. Oh, yeah. I w I'm not sure the date. It was uh, probably uh, late 19 1999, something like that. The galas were really big, and what a gala was. It's the anniversary celebration that they do outdoors in the parking lot of at Celebrity Center in Hollywood. And the whole purpose of the gala is for Scientology celebrities to invite their non-Scientology friends because it's really classy. Really, it is well done, right? Like, So it's like a recruiting thing. Well, but super subtle. In other words, there's no hard sell, no nothing. It's just to get non-Scientologists into the Celebrity Center and um, in a comfortable way. Nobody's going to hit them up for anything. And there's just entertainment. And they talk, sometimes they talk about their social betterment programs. Like uh, they'll get a police chief from like Detroit to speak at the gala. Oh, right? wow. but he's, he's talking about anti-drug. He's not talking about Scientology per se. So... Anyway, it's this, it's this time of year, right? It's like August. Yeah. In fact, I'm not sure it might have happened or not. Uh, I could try to show up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, this particular year, they got they talked back into performing. Wow. And so he he's he's got up there and something happened. And for some reason, there was 
uh, terrible technical uh, problems with the sound and everything. And uh, he, he did perform. It was just him and an electric piano. And I could see, though, that he was like going, what am I doing here? You know, he was because it was so unprofessional. Yeah. And but he performed and he is such a good performer. He just overcame it. And he he killed, in my opinion. He was he was so superior to the golden era band, you know, the Scientology musicians. Right. And everybody else there. And he just did one song and it was amazing. But I could I could just see that he was going I'm never coming back to do this again. Well, that he, might have been the turning point. Well, and he didn't. He never came back to perform. I see. So anyway, it was interesting for me because I had a duality going on because on one hand, I'm doing, I'm being a creative artist, not just a craftsman because I'm doing my celestial navigations and things that I did not for money, just for art. And here's Beck. That's all he does. He just happened to be commercial. Um, but he doesn't do it to be commercial because you look at his albums, they're all over the place. Right. So, uh, I've, anyway. I've always really enjoyed his music. And now, you know, it, it, it's great that he says he's out because now he can enjoy his music even more. Right? And, a lot of, and a lot of fans who are really disappointed, I think, are, are thrilled that he's, he said he left. Right. So, now the other person of the seven that we said yeah. were were possible to leave, who has said something is Juliet Lewis, and and I had had I had her listed number one because just some behind the scenes things that made me think she was thinking things over, and uh, Juliet of course is the daughter of Jeffrey Lewis, uh, famous uh, character actor in Hollywood, one of your best friends. Yes, and, and he died a couple of years ago, and I thought that might also. Um, maybe affect her well she uh let's see what was this this was just um last uh just around right around christmas this last year she told the new york times that she doesn't identify or now let me let me read the quote because let's yeah, be exact she said um my parents cultivated this rebel meaning they cultivated the individual spirit and then the writer in parentheses at the New York Times says they studied Scientology and Lewis has too, but she doesn't identify that way. And then Juliet's quote is, I am a spiritualist. So this one was a lot more squishy to me. This wasn't like Beck Hansen telling an Australian paper, I'm no longer a Scientologist. This was very squishy. What do, what do you think about it? Well, again, Juliet Lewis, I've known her since she was born. <laughs> and I was the first one to record her in my studio because I was doing Jeffrey a favor when she was really young. It's very cute what she did. Um, but she could sing then when she was a little kid. And uh, here's my take on it. She, she truly is, uh, Jeffrey cultivated in her in particular, a free spirit. And he pretty much emancipated her when she was 14. Mm. So she was out on her own and she got in trouble. She got in drugs. She, you know, she did start taking drugs and, you know, got into that. And then I think Scientology helped her get out of that. And her, her half sister 
Brandy, uh, they're close. And so my feeling is when Juliet really got into her music, she, she, she pacifies her family. Her mother is, in, is a hardcore Scientologist, Glennis right. Atley. She's, I won't get into it, but she's pretty deep. And, um, and then Brandy's hardcore. So she, Juliet has that family, and I think she just, I think she, she's like, okay, let me do my music, let me do my acting. I don't want to say anything negative because of my family. I and see. her dedication, I think, is it's definitely not Scientology. Okay. So okay. even though she might not state it, she's dedicated more than anything. She loves her music and traveling and performing with her band. And right there, I guarantee you there's not one Scientologist in her band. So that, okay. Well, the, so, so, you know, that it was a squishy sort of statement and, and it was the times that said she didn't identify that way, but maybe she is on her way out. So that's, that's a, a good sign for her. There were I five, so. there were five other people yeah. that we said might possibly leave. Let's go through them. Sure. Now, Giovanni Rabisi, um, to remind our, 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 our readers, we had a really interesting story because Vonnie's uh, daughter um, went on a radio program in Los Angeles oh, at, yeah, KCR, sure. at KCRW. Right. And um, they gave her a pseudonym. And, uh-huh. and she talked about not being in Scientology anymore and she can't talk about it because her dad's this famous member. And it was, it was just too obvious who she was and who her father was. And I actually called her about it and um, she, you know, she didn't deny it. So anyway, I thought Vonnie was in a very interesting position because his parents, they're not together anymore, but they're both still hardcore Scientologists. And one of them was in the band with you. Yeah. And then, Albert. Albert. And then, uh, and then his daughter's completely out. So Vonnie was in this sort of, strange position and then also his parents were part of this large celebrity clan in Scientology yeah, yeah. so so Vonnie was in I thought Vonnie was in a tricky position I still feel like you know his his, his own daughter made it sound like he was halfway out uh, but he may never say anything because his parents are so hardcore what do you think well I, I agree with you I I think again here, here's my, here's something that I've observed, and I maybe it's true for other people, but I'm watching it strictly from an observer who has been creating and working as an artist for a long time. What I noticed is the artists who are hardcore, most of them are dead or their careers are kind of iffy or they're not hardly doing anything at all. And the ones that I see that are still thriving, like Beck and Vonnie, it that means to me they don't care. They don't. They'll say that they won't make waves because of family. Ultimately, it's like, leave me alone. I might show up for something occasionally, and that's the end of it. In other words. They don't want to be bothered because they are creative and they're not going to let Scientology tell them what to do. Right. 
I think Bonnie falls into that category. He's so talented. And a lot of people don't know he's also really good guitar player. And at one time he was going to play with Jason Lee. They were going to do a band together. Um, super creative guy. And I've noticed every one of them who's super creative. And I don't feel like because you make a lot of money as an actor, you're super creative. I you see. know, I, I mean, see. that's my feeling. Uh, and I won't get into another big actor that we know who makes buco bucks. Well, we'll probably end up getting to him. So yeah. that's a, that's an interesting assessment about Vani. The next person on our list yeah. was Elizabeth Moss. And she, um, she has certainly sort of defended Scientology to a certain degree in recent interviews. And there was an interesting interview in New York mag New Yorker magazine that you were a little disappointed by. You, you actually were, were quoted in it. Right. Uh, we, we did a story at the bunker where you explained that there were some things about Elizabeth that didn't get into the story, but based on what you told me for that, um, I, you know, I get the feeling that Elizabeth Moss is still very dedicated to Scientology. I think because she was a second generation and raised in it and she was given a lot of freedom and she's uber talented. She is very talented and she's probably one of the only ones I know whose, whose career has continued to grow. Um, but I think she's super dedicated. I'm not sure. I think her dad, I don't think she talks to her dad. He's, he was a music manager for many years, Ron Moss, and also a musician. But I don't think she talks to him, and I know she's in touch with Linda, and I think Linda is, is fringy. She never really did much Scientology. She was always in it, though. And so I'm disappointed in Elizabeth because she, she's really got a lot of creative smarts, if you and I think that she's one of the few left that is still really working and making, creating big waves as an actress. And another person on the list that I'm, I'm disappointed about because I, I, I think another person who is doing well in their career and did not grow up in Scientology but joined as an adult is Michael Pena. And I had put him on our list of perhaps might leave yeah but um you know he's married to Bree schaefer who's listed as a witness in one of the accusers police reports of the danny masterson situation wow. and so there's a pretty good chance that Bree schaefer ends up being called as a witness in that trial uh-huh uh so i don't know that michael payne is really in a position to um you know, say much of anything either way, but it's it's a disappointment because he he literally joined Scientology because he was impressed by something that Greta Van Susteren said. Hmm. Did you know him at all? Uh, well, I was around him a lot. Uh, I, I think he's uh, very humble. Oh no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Let me say. Let me. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. It was something he saw Jenny Elfman say. Not Greta Van Susteren. Okay, something, yeah. some, something that makes more sense. I'm sorry. It was Michael Pena was impressed by something Jenna Elfman said on Scientology that got him first got him into Scientology. Um, and uh, anyway, go ahead. You said you did know him. Yeah, and I think with Michael, 
um, this has happened, uh, and it kind of contradicts what I was saying about the success, but we're only talking of a few, few actors anyway. But um, I think Michael was, his career took off, and he equates that with being in Scientology. Mm -hmm. he, and he, he also had some very strong relationships, like with, I think he and uh, Jason Lee were, were very friendly. And so he had some, some good foundation to, for him to want to stay in. And I don't know if his, is his, is his wife a Scientologist? Because I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to reinforce it. I'm sure she's pretty hardcore. So um, that, that, that's my only thought on him. And again, I'm disappointed too, because I think he's a, a fabulous actor. They, they actually moved to Clearwater recently, which wow. should give you some indication of their dedication. Yeah, well, that's a lot. So, okay. The, the other two people on our most likely to, uh, to leave list um, or possibly leave, uh, were Erica Christensen and Catherine Bell. Do you have any observations about either one of them? Well, with uh, I, I've known Erica for a while, and and she's again talented. She was in a vocal group. She used to sing with this Scientology vocal group, and then I think she got some opportunities to act, and then Traffic came along, and boom! Right. All of a sudden, she's like on the scene. So. Uh, I don't think she's going to leave. I think she, her mother is still heavily into it. And I think she's working. I feel like she peaked. She's one of those actresses that she's talented. She will get more work. I don't know if she'll go beyond what I call getting work. Right. And with Catherine Bell, I don't know. I was around her too always thought she was uber cute um and if if she is following what she wants to do with her life then i don't see how she can stay in scientology well i mean it's pretty well known that that she um is now in a relationship with another woman after uh, her her marriage breaking up and um, I think they're fairly open about it. And of course, that brings up a lot of questions because Scientology is notoriously homophobic. Uh, people always ask me about that. Not, not like, for example, you know, uh, characters playing gay, uh, Scientology celebrities playing gay characters in TV or film. And I always say, look, the thing about celebrities is they get to break those rules. You know, I mean, the, the celebrities are ornaments. They're there to make the church look good. Um, Scientology is notoriously homophobic. Catherine Bell is in a relationship with another woman. And I think that's why some people were thinking she might be the most likely to leave. But I haven't seen any indication that she has. No, I, I, I don't think she will. I think they'll leave her alone. She has uh, friends, other Scientology friends like Michelle Stafford and, and I'm sure others that don't care they they know what the church policy and what Hubbard's policy is. It's really Hubbard. He was super homophobic, and um, and so I don't think she's going to move as long as they leave her alone. 
she's she's wor- again she, i think she peaked with jag in terms of her popularity and she's working and, and she's got a good relationship and i think as long as that's all going well i don't think she's going to rock the boat okay the other 13 people we listed in our top 20 uh, Scientology celebrities uh, are referred to as the bitter enders. And these were the folks we said were never going to leave no matter what. And I was wrong. Oh, uh, that's, I'm happy you were wrong. <laughs> there was one person on that list who has said she has not been a Scientologist for five years. And that is Laura. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Laura. I'm, I'm, I'm I think that that group started, and I was around that group because, um, what's his name? Rusty, I don't remember his last name. Rusty Tweed? Yeah, Rusty Tweed. Danny um, Masterson's stepfather. Yeah, Danny, and I used to, my son and Rusty's son were buds. They were good buddies. And so I would go over there and saw that group. It was a very tight group at that time. Uh, the Masterson family and Laura was always there. And um, I think that as people's careers moved and, and I think that, I think for Laura, it might've been when Masterson first got exposed years ago. Well, that's what's interesting about her statement to People Magazine that she's been out for five years. That felt, a, I mean, maybe it's true, she could be telling the truth, but it seemed an interesting number because that would mean that was last year. So five years would be 2016. And that would be just before the news about Danny came out. So I think she was kind of, you know, backdating things to say, I got out before the news about Danny. And that may be the case. I, you know, that's what she said. I don't have any evidence to the contrary. Um, but uh, yes, you're, you're right. She, she's saying, that uh, this had nothing to do with Danny. Um, I think the reason she was in Scientology to begin with had to do with either Danny or someone very close to him bringing her in, uh, you know, in the, that '70s show era. Um, but for whatever reason, she said she's, you know, she's married to uh, Ben Foster now, right? And they have a child. And... I know. Well, I can't see Ben Foster in any way, shape, or form being interested in Scientology. Okay, maybe that was. What led her to, to get away then? Well, he's a pretty intense actor and, right. and very talented, another super talent guy. And uh, I never just to act, to do the type of characters he does, I didn't see that he might be compatible with Scientology. Okay. Because he Foster really stretches it. And so, but I'm happy that she's out and... Um, and it could be as she was doing Orange is the New Black or something like that, she started getting exposed to a whole different kind of a universe, you know? Right. And, and let me just uh, point out that all three of the people then on our original 20 list who have left mm-hmm. or, or, or who have indicated at some level that they've left, Right. Juliet, Juliet Lewis, Beck Hansen, and Laura Prepon, mm-hmm. all three of them did so in a very sort of soft way 
and Scientology does not seem to have gone after them or said anything negative about them. Of course, you know, the opposite example, of course, is Leah Remini, Leah Remini who came out guns blazing, and she was just like criticizing the church and Miscavige, and they went after her with everything they had. Um, in this, this is a very different situation where these three high-profile Scientologists have, have said in some form that they're no longer involved, and then they've said nothing else, nothing critical, and the church has basically left them alone as far as we know, right? Yes, yeah, and I think it's gonna stay that way. Uh, I, I've seen other people just kind of fade away, uh, celebrities or non-celebrities. And if you don't make any waves and you're not public, then nobody even knows. You know, the, the general members of Scientology don't even know. Right. And, and so in my particular case, I'm not a big celebrity, well-known celebrity with a face and, and everything. Um, I was vocal enough, though, and that they, the Facebook police made sure that every single person disconnected or, you know, unfriended me. So, well, I mean, it's a lot worse than that. I mean, they, they convinced your kids to turn their backs on you. I mean, that's... that's well, yes, they, they were coaching, in particular, my daughter. They coached my daughter about how to talk to me and how to disconnect from me. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the, it's not a small impact. As far as they haven't wasted any uh, money or time on PIs or anybody following me or anything uh, that I know, and when the movie comes out, that's a different story because I intend to be all over the place. If I can, if I can, I want to be on radio shows, on um, any kind of TV talk shows, anything that I can do, podcasts. And at the same time, I'm pushing my band's album because it's tied in. Our band was broken up by Scientology. And for those who are just, uh, I, I guess I did take some things uh, uh, for granted with our readers, but uh, Jeff Levin was part of a band called People that had a huge hit in 1968, I Love You. And uh, almost immediately after that success, they joined the Sea Org as a group. It's an incredible story. Well, I we kicked, yeah, we did. We kicked out the two, two singers who were the center of our group and our sound. We were so clueless, we kicked them out and our sound went away. And so we couldn't replicate our hit. It was it was crazy. And then yes, we joined the Sea Org almost immediately after that. We got talked. Well, we we my brother and I helped establish Celebrity Center. Right. So we were right there. So so sort of the house band of the Sea Org and dedicated your lives around the clock like Sea Org members do. And uh, and then your brother decided in the 1980s that he'd had enough. And so you. And he were then split up in the Scientology way. And for years and years, you would have nothing to do with him. That's true. Uh, and this is what the, the documentary is about, is how you finally uh, made your way out of Scientology and, and it nearly killed you. And uh, the re reunification with your brother, which is just an incredible story. Uh, and I hope people get to see it soon. So uh, anyway, that... There's so much there. Uh, well, that, let's go uh, back on the celebrity front. 
I think you should mention the other celebrities. Okay, so let's 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 get back to our list. Um, so among the bitter enders of the thirteen, we said would never leave. Like I said, uh-huh. one of them has apparently left Laura Prepon, and two have passed away: uh, Chick Corea and Kelly Preston. How how well did you know the two of them? I knew I knew Kelly knew me, and I knew her. We didn't know each other very closely. Um, they were pretty, you know, tight, her and John. And, and, and not too many people were in their inner circle, but I was around them. I knew Trick very well because I met him early on in the 70s when he first got into Scientology. And uh, Chick was dedicated to the end. And I feel he went in a certain way, the same route that Jeffrey Lewis went in that he didn't trust the medical community and he didn't take the advice of standard treatments, thinking that, well, Scientology OT levels were going to save him. Really? Yep. Well, that's what happened to Jeffrey Lewis. He had a heart condition and he just refused to take his heart medicine. He ignored it, continued to work out and do things and boom, he had a heart attack he, and um, several strokes, and it just kind of wiped him out. And there's no reason for it, except that he he refused to, well, he listened to what Scientology said about doctors and what Hubbard said about doctors. He took that seriously, and he, he should have followed just followed standard protocol, he'd probably still be alive today. And I feel a little bit the same way about Chick. Chick had cancer and he he just got worse and worse. And and I don't think that he, he did what he could have done. I don't know that for a fact. So with Jeffrey, I know that for a fact. Let's with just... Chick, so it's sad because I feel that Chick creatively also reached his peak uh, years ago and then uh, got way more into Scientology, and that didn't help him. Mm. I mean, there's just no doubt. The guy was a fantastic musician, just just absolutely top. And, and um, But you're right. Uh, he, he was very into Scientology. He did, he did OT8 twice. Yeah, yeah, no, and he he proselytized with other Scientology musicians. I know that. I do know that for a fact. And he was like pretty hardcore. Hey, when are you going to be on your next course? When are you going to do OT seven? Blah blah blah. That was that was chick. Right. It's too wow. bad. And with with Kelly Preston, um, when. Uh, John Travolta r- released the first word about her passing. It was an Instagram post, I believe, and he he did something really uh, interesting. He mentioned MD Anderson uh, Cancer Center in his message, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was uh, on his part really smart because people would naturally wonder if Kelly had not gotten proper medical care because of Scientology. So, you know, people have asked me, you know, do you think you know, Kelly Preston is not alive today because of Scientology? I said, we can't, we can't make that assumption because 
Travolta, right there in his first message, mentioned not just a cancer center, but one of the best in the country. Right. So, so we have to assume that they took her, you know, situation seriously and did what they could. And that that is another thing is that, you know, L. Ron Hubbard was down on doctors and Scientologists often seek alternative treatments. Yeah. And, and Scientologists can get into some really bizarre conspiracy theories. And it has led some Scientologists not to get proper care for things like cancer. However, uh, particularly with a celebrity, but even non-celebrities, if a Scientologist finds gets you know gets a cancer diagnosis and decides they want proper treatment, Scientology is not going to stop them. No, no, they they wouldn't they wouldn't at all. They they to, they leave that to the individual. I'd like to make another give another opinion. Yeah, that I've observed that. Every person who subscribes, and I think this goes across the boards to almost any severe controlling cult, it's it's especially true in Scientology, where they really, if you want to be in Scientology, you have to you have to uh, listen to what they tell you, unless you're a celebrity, and then you have a little bit of leeway. Even then, you can only go so far before you cross the line and you get in trouble. And I think my feeling, because I just got through with a cancer treatment. I had an operation last year and uh, I did followed all the protocols and did everything right and had good doctors and everything. And, and it's turned out uh, well for good. me. Good. Um, but here's the thing. I've, this is my belief from my experience and from observing almost every person that I know in Scientology, one for one, they're under 24 seven stress. And yeah. the only time maybe they're not stressed is when they're asleep. And I feel like that plays havoc on your body. And that's why to me, so many uh, Scientology OTs died young. The stress is huge, especially on the OTHs and on the upper level. Scientologists are expected to do so much and give so much money. Right. And so that's my own opinion from what I've observed. Interesting. And, and like I said, and like I said, there's no question that that L. Ron Hubbard created an environment that is very down on doctors, is uh, encourages conspiracy thinking and seeking alternate treatments. And so a lot of Scientologists tend to be anti-vaxxers and anti-Western medicine. Um, but the church itself is not going to tell somebody, you can't go to the hospital and get the best treatment you can. No, in fact, they have what's called a medical officer and you have to go to them. And but here's the thing, you get cancer you have to go to the medical officer first though you have to go to the ethics officer to find out who you're connected to who is a suppressive because if you're getting sick like that then then you have to be connected to an sp in other words if if you have an illness particularly a serious one yes. you must be connected to an enemy of the church in some way because yes. scientology doesn't believe in germ theory scientology doesn't believe in biological, uh, you know, medical theories, 
It believes that if you're sick, it's a manifestation of your connection with somebody who is an enemy of L. Ron Hubbard or David Miscavige. Uh, or somebody who manifests all of the, the antisocial personality traits and therefore would be dangerous to the person staying in Scientology. I see. So, so in my particular, and I made a point when I was under the radar, I was out of Scientology in my head, but I was under the radar. I did the brand new course that teaches you called PTSSP course. And that's where you learn the doctrine about disconnection when you have to and about the suppressive person. And Hubbard's very clear, except he contradicts himself in the course and nobody picked it up except me that I know of. But he's very clear that, and you have to memorize what he says, that to a greater or lesser degree, if you're sick or making mistakes, um, then you are connected to a suppressive person. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really clear. And that's, that's kind of like the neon sign in big red letters thing that you have to know and that you have to agree to. If you don't agree to that, then boom, you, you're in it. You have to go to the ethics officer. So I did that course, passed it with flying colors, and I was in there to, to, to mainly see, is this really what Hubbard was doing? Did he create this control mechanism so that he could make sure that he had something on everybody in Scientology. And sure enough, it, it hasn't changed over the years. The new course has the same emphasis mm. that Hubbard had when, and he, if you didn't agree with Hubbard, you were out and then you were labeled as an antisocial personality or the standard thing, an SP, suppressive person. So I think I've graduated. I haven't gotten my diploma yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my SP diploma pretty quick. <laughs> I don't think they hand them out anymore. It's, it's just they, it, when somebody's des, uh, designated a suppressive person, they get what's called a declare. Right. And in the old days, it was, and, it's, and it's always printed on a particular kind of paper. That gold Goldenrod. Color, and they, so people would just say goldenrod, and you knew what they meant. They were talking about their declare order. Uh, yeah. They stopped giving those out years and years ago, and it's uh, very few people in the last 20 years have seen their goldenrod, uh, which is a shame because they're comical if you can ever get your hands on one. Well, I had a friend of mine who actually, they took him down to the basement of Celebrity Center. It's kind of scary. Um, where the ethics people are, and they showed him my declare. Oh, and he didn't say much to me. In fact, I had two different people who looked at it. And one of the things on it, I think, was they accused me of starting a splinter group. And I was like, what? In other words, I was starting an offshoot of Scientology without a permission. So they just make shit up. Yeah. They just make up whatever they want about you. And, and then, of course, they have no qualms about going into your confessionals where you tell, tell all, you tell, you know, what you did, you know, that uh, 
you robbed a bank or you did something and you, you, you have to tell it. And so they don't have any qualms about taking what you've said, even though it's supposed to be uh, sacrosanct. Uh, they, they will reveal it. Right. So they use it against you in blackmail. Yes, they will. So uh, there were 13 people, again, that yeah. we said would never leave. And uh, one did, Laura Prepon, and two have passed away. That leaves 10. I want to go through some of them and just quickly yeah, yeah. get get your impression about uh, just any thought you have about them. Let's let's go through them uh, one at a time. Kirstie Alley, what can you tell me? Just a brief some brief thoughts about her. I've known Kirstie since she's been in Scientology, um, I, and uh, I had a bit of a crush on her in the early days. Um, she, I think she's hardcore and she's never going to change. She's got. A kind of a group that is in the bubble and she's since she is always a bit whacked out and that played uh to her advantage in in her characters and her acting and stuff like that um i don't think she'll ever leave and i think she peaked in her career years ago okay and archer um Super sweetheart. I worked with Anne. She sings. She's she is a talented actress, and I think because she's married to Terry Jastrow, who's not going to leave Scientology either. And her son Tommy is. I don't. He might be kind of low key, but he right now, I think that family is stuck, for you know, for the long long term. Right, and just what you mentioned there. So Ann Archer's son is Tommy Davis, the very popular former spokesman of Scientology. When I mean yeah. popular, I mean popular among people who like to uh, look at Scientology's controversies. I do an update on Tommy every couple of years. Uh, the latest on him was that uh, he had uh, divorced Jessica and he's now married uh, an, an Egyptian actress. They have a son. Uh, they were married in Morocco. Um, he's, he's working for Tom Barrick, who was his father's very good friend, the Tom Barrick, who's now facing federal charges for, um, uh, representing the company, a country of the United Arab Emirates or something, oh, right. uh, as, as a, as a, uh, but without registering as an agent or something, it's very complex. Anyway, Tommy's, Tommy's basically working for Tom Barrick in the way he was working for David Miscavige. If just go to the bunker, type in Tommy Davis, you'll find a lot of updates. People always ask about him and they're always fascinated. But I didn't put him on this list uh, because he has, he's left the Sea Org. Uh, he's still in Scientology, but like you said, he keeps pretty low key about it. Okay, how about uh, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson? She's in it for the long term. And, and I've heard that she's kind of an enforcer on other celebrities. Yeah. Oh, she is. She's like hardcore. I worked with, uh, and I was friends and worked with Nancy, watched her through her various husbands. And uh, she just, that's her group. That is her center. That's her group. She's She's set financially for life more than any you know she just in terms of the money it's, it's ridiculous and the amount of money she's donated to Scientology and continues to donate to it 
at last count, seventeen and a half million dollars. Yeah, and and that's just that's a drop in the bucket for her. So um, I think she's still working, and I don't think she's attempted to get into a real uh, acting career. You know, in other words, a full-on acting career, and I don't think that's ever going to happen at this point. Well, she she directed a film uh, a couple of years ago, right? About um, oh, Finding you, Fellini. Finding Fellini, and yeah, in a film set in Italy, right? Well, she didn't direct it, but she she wrote it, and it was based on her stories. Okay, okay. And she it was directed by Taryn Lexton. A Scientologist. A Scientologist, up and coming, who's the son of Mary Shuttleworth, who was who founded Youth for Human Rights and put the human rights thing on the map. Right. So I know them really well because I did the music that basically was super successful for them in the music video that they did. Okay. So now we that brings us to Tom Cruise. Did you know him very well at all? No, I was around him, and I thought he was, uh, at the time, humble, nice guy, and um, I—that's that's all uh, my impression. And, and he was more active. Uh, not sure when that what the date was, but um, I saw him a lot at Celebrity Center or he was at Celebrity Center. You knew when he was at Celebrity Center because you couldn't park in the celebrity parking. It was blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I was, I was considered like, uh, I think I was on the C list as a celebrity. Um, and so you, you couldn't go into the president's office. It was blocked off. You had, uh, guards, you know, they're kind of, they're secret service people and stuff like that. So um, my only observation about Tom Cruise is when he was with Nicole and when he was kind of out of Scientology, Yeah, I think his talent started to really shine through. I feel he's a very talented actor. I think, I don't think he will ever reach the the quality that he had as a artist an actor uh when, as long as he stays in scientology if he gets out that'd be incredible because i think he could blossom as an actor he was nominated for an academy award for magnolia that was when he wasn't very active he yeah from once he got together with nicole in 1990 a couple years later she had been very active and initially then she drifted away from it and kind of took him with her. And, you know, this is based on things that I've checked with a lot of people that were executives there at the time. Tom was kind of kept Scientology at, at arm's length from about 92 to, to 2000 when he broke up with Nicole. And mm -hmm. then they really worked hard to get him back in. But oh, during, yeah, those, well. during those eight years, he did get away from from things and you're right from 92 to 2000 he had some very interesting film roles and maybe was taking more chances oh definitely uh, i feel uh creativity and scientology when you put them together what you get equals scientology mm -hmm. there's the creativity is gone in my opinion 
Well, he's doing very well. He just had his first billion-dollar box office hit with uh, Top Gun Maverick. I don't equate making money with creativity. And I don't equate that kind of movie uh, as artistic. I cr it's commercial. Yeah. It's it's in the it's the business. It's great. Some people spend their whole lives doing commercial films. They never really get into uh, the art part of it, and that's fine. And I don't. It's that's fine. I just know that my observation that he peaked. Creative, creatively much earlier and not to say he's not going to have more box office hits but right. I'd love to see him do something that's just creative how about Jenna Elfman uh, yeah how about her well she's <laughs> next on our list so I'm just asking for your thoughts no I'm, I'm just being sarcastic <laughs> she's annoying and I think again She's as an actress, she's like gone. She's I don't think she's going to do anything more. And uh, if she does, yeah, she might work. That's about the end of it. I, I watched her career from the beginning. I saw when Bodhi was getting work and she was all upset because she wasn't working at all. Bodhi was working her husband. And uh, and then she just turned into, to me, a major Annoying, annoying person. Well, and, I, I've heard that she's also something of an enforcer with the other celebrities. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, she's hardcore, and and Bodhi is too. Except Bodhi doesn't have much, much pull, and she is quotes the bigger celebrity, and she was made big by um, Chuck Lorre, right, and Chuck was in very early and he got out really quickly, which was good for him because I was friends with Chuck at the time. And he was just, he was really getting into comedy when I was friends with him in the eighties and he was writing and we wrote a treatment together uh, for a comedy, a music comedy series. And, and then I kind of lost touch with him. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's, he's just, he's making incredible uh, TV stuff. You know? Well, one of the things I have to thank you for, one of the great little scoops that we had at the Underground Bunker recently was uh, people had noticed how amazing the Scientology references were in a TV series called The Kominsky Method. Yeah. With <laughs> I like that. With Michael Douglas and uh, um, Alan Arkin. And, right. and you know, people, and I, everyone kept bringing up to me, Tony, have you seen these scenes? They not only have a you know Scientology character, but the the, the, the lingo is right, the jargon is correct, the the, the jokes are perfect, and um, you were the one that told me the reason why the Kaminsky method is such a good uh, you know uh, portrayer of Scientology is that Chuck Lorre was a Scientologist, and I don't think people generally knew that. And well, he, so he yeah he he was in it. I would say not briefly, but he was not in it that long. Right. But then we got to write that story at the bunker and said, Chuck Lorre, this prolific and successful writer in Hollywood, spent some time in Scientology. Jeff yes. Levin knew him. Jeff Levin knew him there. This is why the Kaminsky method is so good, is that Chuck Lorre knows what he's talking about. Oh, absolutely. He was an auditor. 
he he was in at a time when people who were auditors were respected and um and yeah and then but he was always dedicated to his music he was always dedicated to his writing and, and that i think that took him where it took him and and he was never really treated as a celebrity when he was in Scientology so it was like for him uh, no big deal and then uh, I I do remember a again another gala celebrity uh, event where Jenna invited Chuck to mm. the gala and Chuck came oh wow and I saw Chuck there I said hey Chuck how you doing and and he was happy to see me and everything. And and uh, but that was it. He showed up uh, for Jenna, and and then and no more. Well, I, I I have to wonder what Jenna's relationship with him is like today, when he's making so much fun of Scientology on television, and she's still the you know enforcer. Well, I would say that on the surface, they are probably still talking. Uh, behind the scenes, she's upset. She's and pissed off at him. And she, because she, knowing Jenna and the way I've seen her operate, she's gonna be pissed off at anybody that attacks her religion. Yeah. And but on the other side of it, uh, I, Scientologists, you can't trust them to hold a position, and so they're hypocrites. You know, they'll they'll if it's money or or fame, they'll say whatever they have to say. Right. You know, if if it's big enough. So that's my opinion of Jenna. Well, there's a couple more on the list. Let's let me just yeah, yeah. do a couple yeah. uh, sure. more. We don't want to do all of them, but. Um, I'm just curious, did you ever get to interact with Greta Van Susteren at all in Scientology? No, I think I saw her at Celebrity Center and that's it. You know, nothing more than that. I was not into the news. And so she's kind of an uh, an anomaly, you know, to have a, a news commentator who was a celebrity at Celebrity Center. Yeah. So I don't have anything to say about her, but other than as far as I know, she's still in. And she never says anything about it. That's the other part that's odd is uh, uh, we know that her husband, John Cole, is very dedicated to Scientology. He actually tried to create a political action group uh, for Scientologists at one time. And uh -huh. he, he really barked at a reporter that dared to even bring it up around him a few years ago. So... But uh, yeah, she's she's uh, as far as we know, she's still very involved, but she just doesn't say a word about it. Uh, let's finish up with John sure. Travolta. Tell me, tell me what you know about John Travolta. Well, what I know about John is I was there when he got in, and I knew his. I was pretty friendly with the person who got him in, Joni Prather. And uh, very, you know, he was young, really young, and impressionable and um, always to me a nice guy. And I think that's still probably the case. 
uh, I think he's torn between several issues. One of them, I think his original manager, and I think this is, it's always been latent there in terms of his bisexuality. And I think he just had to try, if you get into Scientology, then I think his hope was that the auditing would get rid of it, would get rid of the homosexuality part. And I don't think, and I know for a fact from firsthand reporting that the stuff about John is true. I don't think it would make any difference uh, if he was not in Scientology, what his sexual preferences are. Uh, it, it has to be, I, I think it has to be tough, and I feel that might have also contributed to the pressure on Kelly, knowing what she had to know yeah. about him. Uh, I'd love to see him get out. Again, he peaked many years ago in terms of his acting and then has made a lot of not good choices. Well, isn't he another one? You described this about someone else earlier. Isn't he another one who really ascribes all of his success to his to his involvement with L. Ron Hubbard and Dianetics? I would say most that it it was simultaneous that he got into Scientology and all of a sudden things started really kicking up for him. Things started going his way, and and even when his career went down. I think he got some auditing or something, and and then he did the the big movie uh, that put him back on the map. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction, and and then his career was boosted again for a while. Except my view is that if you're in Scientology, yes, you can get these uh, spurts of creativity or spurts of career uh, peak. Except it's going to be a downward kind of graph. It's it's never going to last because the suppression for any person who's in Scientology, the actual SP is Hubbard and the organization or the suppressive person. Till they disconnect from that, all bets are off in terms of how they're going to how well they're going to do. I've heard that there are a couple of different times. He seriously contemplated leaving Scientology. Do you know that anything about that? No, I haven't heard anything about that. I I, I can believe that's the case. I I think uh, John is is to some degree has a duality that is difficult for him, on top of the fact that he's still in Scientology. That's got to be stressful, right? For sure, and. Uh, I think he's in partial. His daughter is is hardcore, and um, but if if we're talking about how I know the chiropractor who used to consult him regarding his son Jet, and that chiropractor was filling uh, John and probably Kelly with a lot of BS. Mm-hmm. about what was what was going on um, regarding Jet. A lot of stuff that I know is just the typical Scientology uh, kind of 
stuff that's not relevant and not valid. Yeah. So, so I don't know about that, but I think that was destined to be a train wreck, and it was. You know yeah. what happened to Jet? Because I don't think he got the right treatment for um, for for his condition. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I want to go into all of that about uh, uh, the whole thing around Jet's death is so complex and, but. To me, what's important is it was obviously very clear that John Travolta and Kelly Preston loved their son. This was a very difficult situation for them. And Travolta himself gave an interview where he talked about Scientology moving auditors into his house for the next two years after Jet's death. And Travolta couched it as, look what a good thing the church did for me. But virtually everyone I've talked to about that says what was really going on was Scientology was there to make sure they didn't leave because that's the kind of traumatizing incident that can make somebody think twice about their involvement. Well, absolutely, especially uh, when this chiropractor, I won't mention his name, was giving them advice about autism, and it was completely counter to any scientific facts. And so I think that they, that would cause an issue. And I agree with what you're telling me that, yes, they were there to uh, try to get him out of his grief and Kelly out of the, her grief, which I think ultimately didn't work at all. It rarely does, in my yeah. opinion. And not to mention, who knows how much money the organization got from installing those those th auditors. It wasn't small, I can tell you that. And they I have didn't... to, and I have to wonder if they've sent them back in after Kelly's death. Yeah, know? I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, the The problem with with the whole premise of Scientology therapy is it's based on. Uh, focusing on things that aren't true, ultimately. So you can, it's like you get a Band-Aid that appears to feel good, but it's not getting to the root problems. And, and they tell you that it is, but that's based on Hubbard's narrative regarding the whole thing of the OT levels, which are based on, to some degree, this kind of space opera. Right. And let yeah. me just, I, I do want to interject something. You brought it up earlier about Travolta perhaps seeking kind of a gay cure in Scientology. And I want to point out that is absolutely what L. Ron Hubbard opera promoted was the idea that he had this thing called the tone scale, yeah. uh, which all the different human emotions are on this tone scale. And he equated all homosexual people as being one, one on that scale, which means covert hostility. And right. The, and the aim of Scientology processing, counseling, is to raise your tone level and get you out of 1-1, one, one, up, hopefully up to 4.0, which is the first major, you know, enthusiasm. Step. And 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 in other words, it's a gay cure. They're, they they want gay people to go through this counseling, raise their tone level, and they'll no longer be gay. There's no question that Scientology 
uh, considers their counseling a kind of gay cure. And John Travolta would not be the only person who has gone into it hoping that they could do this kind of counseling to quote unquote cure them. Well, so, absolutely. Yes. And, and here's, here's a problem. If, uh, well, almost any area of any career now has got all kinds of people, all kinds of ethnicity and all kinds of sexual preferences in, in LA anyway. And in at celebrity center is kind of like, uh, forbidden to work with gay people. They're dangerous because that, because Hubbard was very clear that that emotional uh, level, covert hostility, was the most dangerous level of emotion that any person could have. Wow. So that, therefore, all gays were not to be trusted. Problem, issue with me is uh, I, I had many different cognitive dissonances, but one of them was in my industry, there's no way you're not going to work with gay people. And I worked with choreographers a lot. And interesting thing is the people that I work with, they were gay, super talented. And I, I always got along with them and, and never had a problem. So that kind of flew into the face of I'm supposed to think that they're really dangerous. Mm. So. Well, you've been through quite an adventure, and uh, again, I'm really looking forward to people seeing your film. It's called Brothers Broken. It tells the story of people, the band, and how you guys got sucked into Scientology so deeply. Your brother got out first, how that then ripped the two of you apart. You finally made your way out. Uh, full disclosure, your proprietor, Tony Ortega, appears in the film because I happen to be there when you were making your way out you became a wonderful member of the underground bunker community and uh then you got to reunite with your brother and it's just an absolutely wonderful story uh jeff levin thank you so much for helping me out and i really am looking forward to people seeing that film could i say one thing about the film go ahead um the title really covers not it covers the band and my brother because I feel that all the band members were brothers too. Yeah. And so it, it did, it not only me coming out and deciding to repair my connections, I got to get back with all of the, uh, the band members as well, which, you know, was great. So I felt like Brothers Broken was really an appropriate title. It's a great title. It's it's a super film, and uh, I can't wait to hear about how well it's doing. All right? Thank you, Jeff, so much. Thank you. Now I'm down in Bunker Town Again, again, again To witness history Ride the storm Wait to see how reckoning Again, again.